Hey guys, welcome back to another edition of the Detour Live. Uh, I'm your host, Dan Jones, and joined as always, four-time national road champion from Australia, John Trevorrow, the voice of cycling, Phil Liggett. And fellas, I've worn the leathers as a bit of a tribute to Iffy, but if you're not wearing your leathers today, and I thought, Phil, if you can dust uh, off your the leather done. kit from the 70s, uh, we can be the T-Birds. If I'd known, Dan, if I'd known, I would have put it on, but I had to go to a little function with the old journal, Sun newspaper, going back 20-odd oh. uh, years. We had a, a catch-up today, which was a lovely lunch. I oh, bet good. it was. Did you, um, did you no share war stories, John? You're on the deep floor, so you'll be fine. A lot, mm. a lot, a lot of war stories, you know, some, some great uh, old yarns. Yeah, good stuff. Uh, good. Well, it's a special edition of the Detour because we've been building up for it uh, for quite some time now, Phil. We've obviously been promoting the Kareka Foundation uh, on the show every day, but we've got a very special guest, <laughs> Lindy Sutherland. What can you tell us yeah. about Lindy and, and the fantastic work her and the foundation are doing? Well, going back quite a long way, I've been very involved, you know, Dan and John, with uh, with the rhino situation because they're being shot out and poached for the home, which is useless to anybody. It's a long story. But we are winning the battle, I feel. Now, Lindy might help us with that one. This is Tandy. I've told the story many times. Lindy will enlighten us a little bit later on. She survived a massacre of her face uh, and came, and the, the, the vets brought her back to life. And since then, she's had four young kids, and the kids are having young as well. So it's a great story. But without more ado, Lindy, Lindy and I met. I made a video for someone that was uh, raising money for her foundation. Uh, and she put the video, uh, um, I can't remember now, Lindy, I think it's your sister, I might be wrong. And she knew me and said, how did you get Phil Liggett? And all of a sudden, Lindy and I are now working together. And it's been absolutely fantastic. So without more ado, let me welcome Lindy. There she is. <laughs> in that most dramatic <laughs> place full of Kedekka. And, uh, and Lindy, you look as radiant as the trees. Thank you, Phil. Thank you, everybody. It's so wonderful to be on the show. Thank you for having me. I feel very, very honoured. I got to tell you, Lindy, I, I fell in love with Kareka when, uh, uh, when when Phil twisted my arm and got me to go on that uh, on that uh, wonderful adventure just recently with full gas, and I just it was just sensational. I felt like I was actually riding uh, through 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 the park. It was wonderful. Yeah, I mean, John, we we very blessed. You know, Kareka is a beautiful story. Um, it was started 30, more than 30 years ago now by my father, um, and he was actually in his 50s when he started Karika Game Reserve. He, he was previously a lawyer, but he had a real love for nature, and 30 years on, Karika is a tapestry of 23 farms that were owned by 19 different people that have all been knitted together and rewilded into a natural habitat for the Big Five, um, and we have five beautiful lodges that host people from all over the world. Um, and it's, it's just, we, we're very blessed that we have two magnificent river valleys that run through Karika Game Reserve, the Bushman's River and the Karika River. Um, and we have five different ecosystems within our 10,000 hectare wilderness. So it's a beautiful natural heritage. Um, we're very privileged to be custodians. It's an incredible story of conservation and rewilding and, and one that um, me and my family and, 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 and the whole broader Karika family are very proud of. It's a, it's a real business of, of heart and of passion. Um, Lindy, COVID's obviously been tough on a lot of people, a lot of organisations. How tough has COVID been on the work that you guys are, are trying to do for conservation? Dan, it's been brutal, and I don't speak for myself. I speak for, for all of my colleagues in conservation around the world. Conservation is essentially funded by ecotourism or government, one or the other. And um, ecotourism dried up in March. We closed our doors on the 24th of March uh, last year. And, and to give you an idea, I think in about uh, maybe early this year or late last year, maybe December time, we, will, we were able to open two of our five lodges. They're only running on a Thursday, Friday and Saturday um, for, the, for the local market. And that's basically at a 70% discount. So our operating revenue is probably 2% of what, what it normally is. From the Karika Foundation perspective, and I direct the Karika Foundation and reinvest um, um, the conservation and community levy that is paid by every 
guests that visits Karika Game Reserve. They pay a nightly levy. That comes into my budget and I reinvest that into conservation and community um, projects and rejuvenation and upliftment. So on the 24th of March last year, the foundation's budget was wiped out overnight. We mm. haven't earned a cent literally from the reserve between March last year and now. And all of the funds that have kept our projects going, the most important project being our wildlife protection and rhino anti-perching unit, um, have been raised by ourselves. And we weren't fundraisers. You know, we were we were community and conservation conservationists who who had to step into the, the shoes of fundraisers. fundraisers. Um, and I've been incredibly blessed. I mean, although it's been absolutely brutal, I've been able to work with the most incredible people, um, Phil and Trish Liggett, uh, the Full Gas team being just two of them, but there, there are many other partnerships that we formed prior to COVID, but, th but that have really, really stood us in good stead during COVID and enabled us to, to raise the money to keep things going. But the longer we, we have to keep things going, the more difficult it becomes. Um, I'm going to be completely honest. I mean, right now, whatever we raise, is used to keep things alive for this month. So this month we can keep our anti-poaching going. And as we raise more money, we know we can keep it going. Next month, there are some bookings in the system from September, October, November this year. Um, and if people travel, then we will start the slow crawl out of out of the bottom of the of the pit, as it were. Um, but of course, you know, there's still so much um uncertainty. Um, and we don't know if people are going to travel and if they are going to, you know, um, we, we just don't know. It's still very uncertain as to how the world is going to respond to the situation in South Africa, um, even if they've had vaccines or, they, or they, they haven't had vaccines yet. So it's very tough, Dan. It's been brutal. I can't, there aren't really words that can fully, fully explain the reality of it. But we've kept going. And, um, you know, I think optimism is a very, very important characteristic um, being energetic, being enthusiastic, being passionate about what you do, doing it for the right reasons. And our reasons are completely the people and our staff that we care about and the wild animals that we are custodians of. So so you get up every morning, you keep doing it, and you guys make it so much easier. Well, I went on your YouTube channel and I found a video that really summarizes the passion and, and the great work that you guys do. I have to warn people, if you are watching this, there are some graphic bits when they show some of the vision with uh, Tandy. So if you do see it coming up, look away. But it's very important that you see it because it's real. You know, this is really going on. So I'll play the video and then we can uh, chat uh, afterwards. The rhino for me are really special. They've, um, they've always seemed like this prehistoric animal to me, like a dinosaur, and they move, they're just so cool. Like, they just, they move like awesome, you know? And um, I really just love watching them, seeing them, their day-to-day -day life, and, you know, to, for, for them to not be able to help themselves, is, it's, it's not really fair, you know? Working with the rhinos is a pleasure and a privilege, especially when you see the, um, the young running around or a calf that has been born and you watch them growing up and walking with their, their mothers. It's a, it's a beautiful sight to see. It's one of the best sights to see. And um, as I said, that's, that's something we need to fight for. What I've realized while working here at Kareha is that I'm part of something much bigger than me. And I think I have a role to play and I can play a, a very important role in, in, in conserving and making sure that these beautiful animals that we have here can, can, can survive for, for future generations. One life-changing moment for me was when I actually started realizing, okay, I have to get out of the vehicle, <laughs> leaving tourists behind and get my boots on the ground, was when I witnessed uh, a poached rhino. So I was um, on the scene when veterinarians uh, started treating her. Well, her wounds were covered in, in, in bandages. And the moment when the veterinarians took off this, this shield, the bandages, and I could see the, the dramatic wound 
uh, which, which was exposed after and she was literally breathing through their nasal cavity. And that was the moment where I yeah, really was, was, was shocked and I realized, okay, after seeing this, after being exposed to this, I can't just turn around, go back and then driving tourists around. So I have to get, like I said, my boots on the ground and have to be physically on the ground uh, in the line between of rhinos and poachers. That's where I needed to be. It's not doing that well at the moment and um, we need all the hands that we can get. We can't walk this path alone. We need your support. We need your assistance in keeping these animals safe for future generations. So please join us on our walk, join our path. We need you. Yeah, oh it's, it's tough to watch definitely uh, when you see animals, uh, you know, in that sort of condition. But as we said, Lindy, it's important that people sort of see that because this this problem is real. And when you talk about the effect of poachers and so forth, um, but when you see it, uh, and and you talked about the effect of the tourism, but there is a, there is a way you can get behind it. And we've said so many times on this show um, to get behind uh, the foundation. And you know, there's a website if if you can donate anything, you know, five, ten. 50 bucks if you're a corporate watching this and you're moved by that video like get behind it because as you said COVID's hit everyone really hard and and every dollar goes to a really good cause and, and the work you're doing i mean we're going to continue pushing the foundation because um it's really really important stuff amazing dan thank you that that rhino in the video actually i wasn't sure which video you were going to show that that rhino sadly didn't survive that was a rhino called Hope, and she was on a neighboring reserve, and she was poached at a similar time to Tandy. So Tandy was um, Tandy was part of a triple poaching in March 2012 at Karika Game Reserve. So that means that three rhino were poached on one night. Up until that night, we'd actually already lost about five rhino to poaching. Between 2009 and 2012, the Eastern Cape was hit very, very hard. And, you know, we, we, we didn't go into – when we started in ecotourism, we didn't, you know – uh, anti-poaching wasn't something, wasn't even in a vocabulary. I mean, we didn't know anything. We, there was no need when Karika Game Reserve started in 1989. So, so we were all very ill-equipped as to how to deal with the situation. But in Tandy's story, basically one rhino died that night, a male, and then another male, Timber, and Tandy survived. And they were found in the morning in pools of blood, their faces completely hacked off and completely bewildered and disorientated. And the vet, Dr. William Folds, that's a, quite a famous, well-known well um, wildlife vet, came to the site and, and he was absolutely certain he was going to have to put them down. Um, but actually, they both showed this fighting spirit. So he gave them the antidote too, because those poachers didn't um, didn't kill the rhino, didn't shoot them. They actually used a, um, the veterinary um, drug that sedates them. But of course, it wears off and then they're still alive. And um, the, 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 the bull, Timber, died 24 days later. He fell very badly in the, in the poaching and he injured his back leg. And 24 days later, when he was drinking in the dam, he fell over and he drowned. And that was very devastating. And Tandy survived. And she had, I think, nine different operations in the first year because her nasal cavities were completely exposed, like Hope. Um, she was the first rhino that a plastic surgeon had never operated on an animal in his life, did a skin graft, did a, did a number of skin grafts to close up her face again. Um, and then, miraculously, two years after her poaching i mean her wound was still exposed it would still kind of rub open if she rubbed up against a um a tree or a branch uh tandy gave birth to a calf called um which we call tembi which translates into hope it was a complete miracle calf she took us all by surprise um we just had no idea it was coming and then even more surprisingly two years later um very sentimentally for my family on the eve of my, of my father's funeral he passed away um, in January, on the 19th of January, 2017. And um, this calf was born, we think, on about the 20th or the 21st of January. But the night before his funeral, we were gathered as a family. And I got a message from the guys on the reserve to say, Tandy's given birth again. And we think it's a boy. And so we named that boy Colin. And then two years later again. And, and just to put this in perspective, Rana generally only have calves every maybe three to five years. And, and Tandy is on a... Um, on a rotation of having a calf almost every two years to the day, um, which is absolutely um, 
quite extraordinary. So two years later, on the day that the gang that was believed to be responsible for her um, poaching was each sentenced to 25 years in prison, she gave birth to another calf, another boy, which we called Mtetu, which means justice. And then the next calf to be born was her first child, Tembi's calf. Tembi had a calf that was born next. Um, so Tandi became a grandmother. And then literally a month after the grandchild was born, Tembi wow. gave birth to another calf, another boy that we named Sia after our very, very beloved rugby, um, Springback rugby captain, Sia Khaleesi. And, you know, I just wish all of you could could come and visit. Everybody in the world needs to, needs to sit with a rhino in the wild because these animals are just, there is something so wise about them, something so, um, you, know, you know, you know when you get that sixth sense about the animal that they're more intelligent than you could ever imagine. And a rhino, a rhino and an elephant for me really, really give you that sense. When you sit with them, and particularly Tandy, she has been abused by the human being and she has given us a second chance and she has she has developed trust with us again and with our guests again. And when she's around the vehicle eating so calmly and her eye just kind of flicks up and looks at you and she nudges her calf closer to the vehicle and 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 graces you with an even better sighting. It's like you don't ever feel that any of that is just by chance. It's it's almost very conscious. Um showing yourself to human beings to say, hey, you know, we actually we can coexist with you. We bring something really special to this ecosystem. We want to be around. And, and uh, you know, she's a, a real poster child for rhino conservation globally. She has she has encouraged about 20 to 30 people that I personally know to become activists in rhino conservation. Um, yeah, everyone needs to visit with a rhino in the wild and we wouldn't have a problem. They're the most incredible animals to sit with. Well, I posted it before. Stuart McIntosh says, hang in there, Lindy, full of admiration for you and your work. I, for one, would love to visit Kareka once we can travel again. Hope to see you on the other side of the pandemic. Good luck. God bless. Alan Rankin says, chapeau, Lindy, Phil, and the Kareka Foundation for the incredible work you're doing to save these amazing animals. Thank you. Um, we're going to get a lot of support. And as we always say, just donate if you can. That website is k-a-r-i-e-g-a dot c-o dot z-a forward slash peloton i was looking at the uh figures today phil and you've ticked over thirteen thousand us <laughs> so we're almost halfway to the thirty-five thousand dollar target yeah. hopefully after people seeing today's episode and, and seeing the great work that lindy and, and the rest of the crew are doing that we can really get close to that 35 grand particularly so but it's not going to stop we'll, we'll continue to push the cause and uh yeah keep doing the fantastic work Lindy. it's, it's amazing the biggest problem now Danny, is getting back to the tour de france after that because i'm very fearful <laughs> right now yeah can well, i um, one thing Dan? one yep. thing just for that everybody who donates actually joins phil's peloton and and Phil and Trisha's Peloton is actually more than just um, at the moment, uh, you know, initiative to support Karika. It's the most incredible community of of, of passionate cyclists, um, of full legged fans, and I'm a big fan now, and and also um, people who have a love for conservation. And that forum is something that Trisha and Phil are going to keep going. So. Dan, I mean, I mean, John, you mentioned how love, how much you loved doing the cycles. We're going to repeat all of those cycles, which are um, virtual cycles through Karika Game Reserve with full commentating. And we're going to be doing the cycles in September, October, November, and December. So anybody who joins Phil's Peloton from now on will automatically get the communication about those joining that forum. Um, and I've found them the most um, uplifting wonderful group of people to be part of. It's a little bit like being part of you guys right now. It's a lot of chit-chat, beautiful scenery, some game viewing, um, and all for a good cause. And we, we all learn a lot through it. It feels like a growing family and a wonderful community. Lindy, right. for the first time in seven years, I'm going to don the Lycra for the next ride. My old man's got a virtual bike and <laughs> I can go up to sale. I'll uh, get my hands on one of the Rhino uh, tops from Phil. I'll go through his website, but I'll be there. I'll, I'll be fully kitted up, so hopefully I don't pull up. Yeah. Thank you. I'll be there. I'll be there too, Lindy. Looking forward to it. Fantastic, John. Thank you. Well, we'll no doubt be in touch, Lindy, and, yeah, keep up the amazing work. It's a great cause. Thank you, everybody, and thanks for having me on the show. It's been wonderful. Thank you. No worries. Love it to see you, Lindy. Bye-bye. Thanks, Lindy. 
Well, as we said, it's uh, time to get back to the Tour de France. And all the talk is, yeah, it's a stage 10. It's flat and all the buzz is around, obviously, uh, Mark Cavendish because uh, this record that he obviously needs to win 35 stages uh, because we don't want him to get done on countback because Phil's made that abundantly clear that Eddie Merckx has got more second places. <laughs> but, fellas, you'd have to say that with the form that Cav has had in this race, he is the odds-on favourite. Well, I reckon you're right. Um, obviously, he's, he's looking for win number three of this tour. And um, he's lost a couple of sprinters over the weekend. One one abandoned, Tim Melier, and the other one got eliminated, Arno Demar. Uh, and so uh, his job, if you like, is made that little bit easier. Um, it's never automatic. Well, the route today takes us sort of down the valley road between the mountains, so it's a good course for him. We're on the, tracing the route de Soleil, which is the road to the sun. But after the weekend, I hope the sun follows us today because it's, um, it really is not a good day for uh, for cycling over the last weekend. But yeah, I, I think Mark's going to feel very confident this morning. He rode a very crafty two days of racing. He knew what he had to do to beat the time delay, and he beat it. Um, his team looked after him for that reason alone. Did just enough energy used up to get to the finish line. There was no heroics at all. That's a nice picture. That's at the finish of the stage. Hey, man, I'm here. I'm still in the race. Wow. He's looking good for that jersey. He's looking very good. I, I, I love the story of uh, Andre Greipel, who yeah, had probably even more trouble on the hills uh, uh, than Cav because uh, he's a little bit bigger. And he sprinted to the line and made it by five seconds. Made the cut by five seconds. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, wow, yeah, I, I didn't know that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, well done, uh, Andre, because Andre, another man that could pop about the woodwork now, he's over the first hills. He's spinning. Yeah, yeah he'll be up there. Yeah, yeah. Look, I, I think Cav's going to be hard to beat. But the, the challenge for Cav, if you put that little map up again, and I reckon there'll be uh, the Bike Exchange team oh, and, yeah. uh, will be out and the Bahrain team on that Cat 4. They will be hammers down uh, to try and uh, spin him out the back because it's you know about 20k down the road, 24k I think to the sprint. So I think that'll yep. be the tactic. Uh, but uh, he's going well enough to, to to stay close enough to get back on. I would think. I was very mm -hmm. impressed with the Dakuni Quick Step team, how they stayed with him. And there's a nice story about one of the years that uh, that, that uh, Mark got eliminated. Um, he was left on his own. None of the team stayed back. I mean, he was probably – they had other jobs to do. But he was a bit disappointed. Another team stayed back to try and help him through. Um, but this time he was very impressed with you know, four of his team stayed back just to guide him through the stage. And without that, he wouldn't have got through. So uh, very impressed. Um, we've got a few comments coming in. One particularly about the weather. Will Wizard, thanks for the heads up. He said, this is going to be a very hard stage weather-wise. Rain, wind with gusts of 28 to 30k an hour. A lot of side winds with a roaring tailwind for the last 10k's, Phil. How will that affect the way they race it? Well, yeah, if it is a roar, you know, the one wind which personally I hated when I, when I raced a long time ago uh, was a tailwind. I was I was winning a stage race once and I got dropped in the tailwind. I couldn't pedal any faster. Uh, these boys are flying. So if you've chosen the wrong gear and you get a tailwind, you're in trouble. The crosswind, much more for a race, if you like. The strong men get to the front, the weakest go to the back. And uh, and the headwind keeps everybody under control. But I hate the tailwind. It could make for a very interesting race because if you're caught in the wrong half of the bunch, you literally can't pedal yourself into the front half. And so you've got to always think of position. But you know, these guys are past all this information before they arrive at that point by the director sportifs. They've got the spies on the route. Um, they should be aware, especially if uh, if you're a sprinter. I also forgot to mention, by the way, they lost another sprinter over the weekend, Brian Cocker, uh, yeah. in French. Yeah. Uh, he hasn't been that impressive, but he's, he's a dangerous sprinter. He's gone too. Well, Ben... Uh, Ben Lawson said to the Wheel Wizard, they were saying on ITV4 last night about Ineos and Quickstep and maybe other teams working to isolate today. So if you, do you think it's going to be a situation where other teams are going, all right, let's team up and, and let's really see well, what he's made of? 
Okay. I, well, think, they're, I, I think they're all hoping uh, because <laughs> last year he did lose uh, a minute and a half uh, in the, the in a side wind. And it was interesting because what Wheel Wizard was saying in the last 10K was, uh, was, was to win. But before that, it's the crosswinds. It's the crosswinds yeah. that can really decimate the race. So you've got mm. – uh, 100 guys trying to get into the front part of the peloton when it gets to a, to a crosswind, and they can't all get there. So the race will split. So it'll be really that, – that'll be the part um, that, that, that's uh, the most interesting. It's funny you talked about um, – you did a lot of the, the tar winds. When I was ever in a, in a tour, if I was leading a tour, I hated tar winds as well because when you've got a tar wind, everyone mm. thinks they're Eddie Merckx. And you got people jumping up the road <laughs> everywhere. And in the old days of the Sun Tour, we only had two teammates. We only had three man teams in the Sun Tour. And I love a head. The minute you got a headwind, it was like having an extra couple of teammates because it contained everyone, put them all back in their place. I tell you what, John, I think if, uh, if I was um, the Tour de France talking of isolating today, I'd be a bit more concerned about ways isolating the peloton. Because he finishes by himself every day, so I wouldn't worry too much. His team are also turning up trumps just now. Yeah, mm. we'll see how we'll see how Geraint Thomas comes back now. I, he showed signs of a return uh, on the as we came to the rest day when he was talking of having a discussion about abandoning yesterday. As far as I know, I, I don't think he's uh, abandoned the tour, so we'll find out soon. Uh, another comment from the Wheel Wizard, who's a bit of a weatherman at the moment. He said, over 40 Ks of sidewinds. <laughs> so, I love it. I mean, seriously. I well, love if it. you're right, yeah. 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 Keep them coming. Yeah. Hey, I've we obviously... To the office. I haven't checked all the routes. I got, I've got the weather forecast here behind me. It's just come in from the tour, but I haven't read it yet. So a bit late well, this morning. Traffic was disastrous today here in London. Oh, really? It's, it's not like English people to have a whinge, though. <laughs> well, it is really because also the weather was atrocious. It rained all day. It stopped as I entered the building. So uh, uh, now I can't tell you the sun's come out. Look, not a window in the place. <laughs> uh, now, obviously, yesterday's show it was all about Ben O'Connor, and he's been doing a, a blog for Cycling News, and it's fantastic because you get a real insight into you know where he's at. Uh, I just want to read a couple of snippets, uh, and he's very different to you, Ify. Uh, he said, around 8.30 p.m., I headed down for dinner and grabbed a beer, just the one, but I could have had many, many more. Let me tell you, being second overall, the allowance is far less than what it would have been. If I wasn't on GC, I would have sunk five or six for sure. Uh, then the champagne <laughs> came out, a little chin-chin, a nice speech from Vincent, a bit of a song, and then a toast. This was my most stressful part of the whole day, trying to say some words in French. I told them how much I appreciated the teamwork, the happiness in the team, the courage and the attitude. I knew the words. It's just my pronunciation could be pretty bad sometimes, but they understood, I think. Now, when he starts talking about looking ahead, this is when I started going, hang on, John, hang on. He, he's got a bit of a fire here. And he says, so what happens now? It's funny. I was on the massage table last night and the Swanier said, enjoy it, but don't forget the race is far from over. And that was a nice reminder. As I said, the beer count says it all. I'm in second place and I feel a belong in the GC conversation. I was with those guys at Dolphin A at Romedy and at the tour might be and the tour might be the tour, but they're still the same guys. Now that is a brilliant uh, mindset. Yeah, yeah. The last bit that got me excited he goes, the thing is, I already have this stage win, so I don't think I have to worry. Uh, I'm not thinking, oh, I have to make it the podium now. No, I'm going to ride as fast as I can. If it's not fast enough, voila. He goes, that's liberating. If I do my best every day, I know I can be up there, but I'm not worried. I used to be a warrior, but not anymore. Bring on Von too. Brilliant. Fabulous. Brilliant. Fabulous. I first, I first yeah. saw Ben, ben O'Connor in uh, the Tour of Tassie. It'd be, oh, look, I, I suppose about four years ago now. He was just a youngster. I think his first year racing on NRS, he'd been racing in West Australia, River Triathlete, whatever, and then Saddlest, uh, West Australian team, come over and rode the Tour of Tassie. And it was this gangly young kid, and he did a great ride up the mountain. I think he went second on, on the on the toughest stage. And I remember looking, asking him about him. I said, "Oh, he's just started racing." I said, "Wow, this bloke's got a bit of talent." Well, <laughs> that wasn't hard to work out. But anyway, it's great to see a lovely young man. Lovely young man. Yeah, fantastic. Who's your prediction for today's stage, Phil? Well, funny enough, I just heard phone ding, so I'm just checking because we have a competition every day, and I'm supposed to send my uh, my pick. Um, I, I'm, 
unfortunately, I'm not the first pick, and like, you can't choose the same name. So, to you, I'll, I've got to go with Cavendish. I can't see anybody mm. touching him. If he gets it all right, the finishing Valence. I love Valence. It's just, it's just a lovely place down on the bottom of the river there, Valley. But uh, great finish, great finish for, for Mark and his team are with him all the way. They gambled uh, every, the whole team. They gambled the whole team, sending them back uh, to make sure Mark wasn't eliminated. But it could so easily have gone all wrong, and they were all out. And what would they have had to race for then? They just had Alaphilippe and a couple of others, and the rest were gone. So they took a big gamble to keep Mark in. That shows the faith they've got in him. And, and today, I think he'll pay him back. Well, we've got a roughie for you. The Byron Wooder says Sagan well, <laughs> for the win today. <laughs> well, Byron, uh, I've got to say, uh, when I was getting dressed for coming to the office this morning, I was it was going through my head. What about Sagan? Because he's laid, laid very quiet. He's not really in touch with the points competition yet. He said he's okay. Uh, so I've thought of him too. But uh, hey, I'm a Brit. I've got to go with Big Cap. <laughs> Well, it's but going I to be 3-1. Yeah. I'm not the first to pick. I may have to take uh, uh, Sagan. Who knows? Oh, and then already they're chiming in, John. When Winter Hill Tube, <laughs> when's the Night Rider reboot coming out, Dan? Spending time in the Hoff's wardrobe again. Uh, I think I might have to do a bit of a wardrobe change halfway through. I don't feel comfortable. In fact, I don't even know why I bought this because it was on sale in Andorra. Try and buddy sell it on eBay. Um, all right. Well, it's been great having you on, Phil. We've got Matt White coming on uh, very shortly, so we'll ask him about his plans for the day. But uh, good luck with the commentary today, mate, and uh, good luck. We obviously spoke a fair bit about the Correcta Foundation. Uh, fantastic work aligning yourself with the cause as well, mate. So hopefully we well, can get some more uh, funds in. Lindy's already sent you an email. I've seen it come up on my machine saying how much she enjoyed being on with us today, and um, she just loves us. That's great. Yeah. Right. Okay. Good stuff, well, right. Bad news is Bob Roll just picked Cavendish and he was picking before me. So I guess I might have to go for a second. All right. All See right. You, uh, Take it easy. Tomorrow. All the best, everyone. Thanks for listening. Philipson. Philipson. Jasper Philipson. Yeah. Good, good pick, but he's lost his, his, well, whether which one the lead out man is there. Malia has gone. Don't forget. But we'll see. We'll have mm. a good day, whatever happens. I guarantee That's it. it. And we'll check in with you tomorrow, mate. Speak Look to you soon. To okay. Ciao, ciao. See you, mate. Hey, Phil. Bye. Phil Liggett, The Voice of Cycling. It's that time of the show where we have to remind you that the best question. Now, my old man said, hey, what question did Sam ask um, that got her the prize? It wasn't just one. It was a series of questions that she gave in and comments and she gave us heads up on race results. And it's not just one question. It's also about be, being involved uh, on the show. So just keep your comments coming. Keep your questions coming. You can get a $500 you, you, motorhome voucher. Can you change the title to the best Group of questions, then you you said it's the best questions, and now you're changing the rules. Well, all right, I'll go and pluck one of the <laughs> questions out for the first week, and I'll say no, that no, was no. it for that. I I agree with you, Dan. I agree with you. I think it's a wonderful decision you made there. Okay, just um, like, no, you're okay, taking the piss. If I can slap you now and again, I've got to. <laughs> All right, well, we're going to have a quick word from our sponsors, uh, Let's Go Motorhomes and Bike Exchange, and I'm going to get out of this leather jacket because I don't feel comfortable. We all love an open road, and often they're easier to find during quieter times of the year. In a Let's Go Motorhome or camper van, you can road trip in comfort and style any time of the year. When the roads are quiet, you can get where you want quicker and easier without jostling for position. Chances are, your destination won't be as busy too, which means you'll enjoy your travelling adventure even more. Plus, if you book a Let's Go Motorhome or camper van in the off-season, you pay less, meaning you can travel longer. There's a type of motorhome or camper van for everyone, so you won't have to compromise on what you want. The whole range has the things you need to help create the perfect road trip experience, including heating and cooling, keeping you comfortable on the road all the time. Whether there's two or six of you, there's a motorhome for everyone. And in a Let's Go Motorhome, your journey can be just as fun as the destination you want to reach. The open road is calling. Check out some of our great offers online today and start planning your next road trip. Rain, hail or shine. Look at this bike. You think it's just a bike, right? But it's not. <clears throat> it's a bike. 
374 people are looking at. This guy, this girl, them, all looking at it. People from here, there, and wherever this is. People that are looking for a bike. Or just a piece of it. Amateurs. Semi-amateurs. And pro-amateurs. This guy wants this bike, but with this crank. And these bars. This could be the perfect match. But not this one. This girl has a bike to sell. And thousands of people might purchase it. Eyes on Bikes help grow small businesses. His, hers, yours. And the latest data and insights help those businesses keep moving. We are the world's number one bike marketplace with over 500,000 products and 900 brands where buyers and sellers are brought together in a place where a bike is never just a bike. Bike Exchange, where the world buys, sells, learns and rides. Thanks again to our great mates at Let's Go Motorhomes and Bike Exchange. I've changed. I'm in the Ripcore hoodie. <laughs> I feel myself again. Uh, now, we've got a few more comments. Uh, Peter Williams, uh, he makes a good point, Johnny. He says, I have to think there will be no Tour Down Under in 2022 after cancellation of the Melbourne F1 in November. Now, obviously, they're different states, so it will all depend on how the South Australian government want to tackle this. What are your thoughts, yeah, Johnny? Well, it was interesting because the one thing that uh, that uh, the Victorian Premier did say, uh, Dan uh, Andrews, in his little... Uh, um, speech today was that the the the, uh, the tennis uh, might still continue because by then there'll be enough people will have had the the uh, vaccination and that's what it's all about get vaccinated and we can open up so it's going to be depending on how quick they get that happening over the next few months because they can get that happening then next year We'll be able to have people flying in without going into uh, um, isolation or whatever you call it. <laughs> uh, thanks for exposing me before with the best comment or question or questions. Uh, it's fired up the skull. He said he's making it up as he goes along. <laughs> uh, and then the will was it. Will was it a comment is not a question. Also, now, mate, you're probably the clubhouse leader with your insights on the stage and the wind conditions or whatever. Stay on the good side. Just back off. You might get a prize. Just stay on my good side. Uh, then uh, another comment from Warwick. He said, interesting comments from Ben about wishing he could have five or six beers and how many he was allowed to have. Is it really accepted a rider can have a few beers at the end of a ride these days? John, in your day, it was bottles well, of wine, wasn't it? It wasn't that he was allowed to have. He chose to only have that. He didn't. His team didn't say, now you. Uh, I used to have a couple and uh, sneak a couple of others. I did actually get caught during the Giro after midnight in a bar uh, by the sports director who thought I'd gone to bed. <laughs> that That's didn't right. go over real well. Didn't go over real well. I was having a quiet one with Brucey Biddle. Bruce Biddle had just retired the year before, a Kiwi great cyclist and uh, we were near his hometown and I snuck out to have a drink with him. He said, you get away with us. I said, yeah, I'll be fine. But uh, it wasn't. I got caught. But anyway, we survived. <laughs> now, talking about Ben O'Connor as well, here's the in-car footage that people were talking about yesterday that uh, we grabbed oh, from yeah. the AG2R uh, Citroen uh, Twitter account. Come on, Ben! Hey, Ben! Hey, Ben! Come on, my Come on! Come on! Come on! How good is that? <laughs> Sensational. You can never go. You can never go wrong with a GoPro in the car on any team that wins a stage because you're always going to get a reaction like that. No, exactly right. Exactly right. I remember on the Giro, I was in the team car uh, following uh, your mate, uh, your, your Dutch wing dog. Uh, the wean dog uh, on the stage he won, and it was my birthday as well, so it was a double uh, celebration. Uh, but yeah, it was absolutely to be there in that situation when they win, yeah, never forget it, never forget it. I love it, I love Euro teams when they've got Aussies on there, they really accentuate the word mate, mate comes out all the time. Good job, mate, <laughs> doing good work, mate. I oh, love it so. 
Uh, now, update with the women's Giro Ify. Uh, they had the TT overnight. It was quite a hilly stage. And Grace Brown, uh, fantastic ride. She finished third. I think it was a minute 17 behind uh, Van der Breggen, who obviously looks like she's going to have this uh, Giro sewn up. You don't want to jinx it, but she's, what, two minutes 51 ahead from her two teammates. She's the Pajakar of the uh, of the women's Giro. Well, she it was only 11k time trial, mainly uphill, but she went that quick. The 12 riders got eliminated. Really? Yes. In 11k. Well, in 11k, 12 riders got eliminated. Yeah, right. Yeah, um, but a very good ride from Grace Brown because, you know, she's a very good time trialist and she's setting herself, you know, for the Olympic time trial. But as she said, she's not – uphill time trials aren't her forte. So that was a very, very impressive ride. Um, talking about the Olympics, the men's team, uh, particularly with the road, obviously Jack Haig um, won't be able to compete. And unfortunately, we talked about last night with Cam Meyer – um, there's two spots for the road race now that they're going to have to consider, but you'd have to think Ben O'Connor with the form that he's showing um, would be a big chance of sailing up for Australia. I haven't heard any talk about who they're going to replace uh, uh, them with or what they're going to do. But, uh, of course, uh, he, he comes in Michael the Matthews. Uh, Michael Matthews. They reckon it's probably a bit too hard for Michael, but, hey, you know, you've got to pick the guys who are in form. He doesn't climb that badly. So, uh, and often they make you know predictions. They make mistakes, but it, I think it goes halfway up about Mount Fuji or something. So, it's not going to be. It's going to be pretty solid. Mm. But uh, I, I, good call, Daniel. I, I reckon uh, Ben O'Connor would be a, yeah, a wonderful uh, uh, pick. Yeah, thought I was in trouble. Uh, and then <laughs> look, looking ahead, obviously, you know, we've got the stage ten today, but stage eleven. Um, when they do two times up one two, geez, with the he- the mindset that Ben O'Connor's in, we're we're really starting to shift. If he, it's going to be a big task to topple uh, Pogaccia, but geez, what if he? We know he gets better in the in the second part of uh, Grand Tour as well. Well, that's right. First Grand Tour last year, uh, he was very impressive in the, at the finale of the uh, uh, of the Giro. But he looks so good in the races this year too, especially in the Dauphiné. The way he attacked in the final stage of that was very impressive. Um, look, the biggest challenge for him, as they got a couple of guys touched on uh, last night, he is a, a, a diesel. He's not – like he's six foot two. And, and probably weighs 10 kilos on some of those small Colombian climbers. So he's more suited to the, to the slightly uh, more gradual climbs. There are some really steep uh, uh, pitches on the, um, the Von 2. But he doesn't he – doesn't, he is smart. He's a really smart young man. He only has one job to do, just stay there, let the others do all their – Attacking, not going to let him go up the road. So silly to try even try that. He's got a three-minute buffer and all of the other uh, podium uh, hopefuls. He's just got to stay with one man, mm. the, po- the Pog. Stay with so, the Pog mm. and, 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 you know, forget about it. When the Pog attacks, that's a different story. But he won't be doing that. He, will, he might do it right near the end of Montana, but most of the day he's going to be really riding smart. For, for, the only way Pogacha can lose this race is if he gets too excited and does too much and cracks. Once you crack, it's a very different story. You lose a lot of time. So he's not going to do that. He's not going to be delving into that red zone too much. So he's going to ride conservatively with his team. So all Ben's got to do, jump on that bloody wheel of the yellow jersey and end of story. Just do that, follow that. He's on the podium. And if good, Ben, pipe him. <laughs> yeah, right. Righto, righto, Sandy. Still yeah. <laughs> uh, Rob Charlton, how are you, bro? Thanks, lads. Great show as always. It's pissing down in Stoke on Trent, England, and me and the missus and little ladder on asses with COVID. Sorry to hear that, mate. Love the right said Fred look, Dan. Oh. <laughs> 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 that jacket's still coming out again. Uh, the wheel, the, you did the, the, the phone, mate. You think what the, we said the phones. You look like the phones, mate. No, nah, right said Fred. for my jacket. Uh, Will Wizard, being Australia, they will put a mountain bike rider in the Olympics like they did for Rio, and I'm not Aussie. Uh, Where are you from, Will Wizard? You sounded like a fiery Brit as well. 
Uh, <laughs> T Kingo, can Cav survive to Paris or will the lack of three-week races in his legs over the last few years start to tell, John? Now, you said he wouldn't get to Paris, but after his effort on stage nine with the Wolfpack, uh, you probably changed your tune. Well, I have. And I said that before the two on stage. I just looked at them. As a matter of fact, I thought both those stages he would have trouble getting through. But he impressed me so much that I do believe you'll get to Paris now. Um, I mean, we've got some, the last two days in the Pyrenees are monster days. But they're really monster days at the, towards the end especially. You know, they're, they're both big, big up, uh, uh, summit finishes. And that's on the... On the uh, Thursday and Friday. Um, so, or it might be the Wednesday and Thursday. I can't remember. I've got it in front of me here. But but they are big days and they'll be little challenges for him. But I think once you get to there, um, yeah, so I, I can see him getting to Paris and and, and, and probably in the green jersey. Mm. Uh, I've got another uh, comment from Annette Miller. She says, do you think Ben benefited by being a bit more solid than the pure climbers in the cold conditions? It looked like the thinner riders suffered on the stage. That's probably uh, not a bad uh, fact to bring up, actually, because, uh, yeah, yeah, he, he definitely would have had a couple of extra pounds there. But mate, he's, he's pretty light when you consider he's six foot two, uh, and I think he comes in at um, uh, low 60 k 67 kegs. 67 kegs, yeah. So, yeah, that, he's probably weight for height is not so bad. But, look, I just think that's – his climb that, that's a type of climb he, he just excels on so they'll get a, a, a long not uh, steep gradient climb he'll do that all day and byron asked earlier but we spoke about this on last night's show, show do the riders get the prize money from the stage or does it go to the team they usually put it in a kitty uh if you were to win the overall they don't touch it um and also the staff sometimes the prize money from the entire year goes into a kitty and then they divvy it up amongst the, the staff, get a percentage and the riders as well. Um, so it's all in the chop. And then also traditionally, if you win the Tour de France as a leader, then you will get um, your teammates like a gift, you know, back in the Armstrong days, um, you know, he used to give his teammates, you know, 50 grand watches and all this sort of stuff. And um, yeah, it depends on the rider, but also if you've had an amazing tour. So I remember in 2014, Bling had the pink jersey for, what, six or seven stages. He gave all his teammates pink iPads. Um, so, yeah, it depends on the rider. It depends on what they want to do. But uh, if you sign for multi-years with the same team, you want to motivate your teammates around you, get them a good present. Usually they like watches. There's some sort of obsession with cyclists and watches. Um, exactly. Yep. Exactly. Peter Williams says, the last two places on the men's road race will depend on whether they want Port as a sole leader. Keep Matthews in reserve for the Worlds. What do you think about that, John? Yeah, look, I think the Worlds probably uh, will suit him more. They're in Flanders. They're on, you know, those classic-type climbs. Probably more suited to, to, to Michael Matthews. And I, I can tell you, someone threw a name at me the other day, um, Caleb Ewan for the Worlds. I said, oh, it's a bit tough. And they said, no, it's the top of the hills he gets over. You have a look at uh, how well he's been going just of late, like in Milan San Remo at the Poggio where he climbed with the best of them. And also in one of the stages in the Tour of Belgium where he was at the front up one of the big climbs in the Tour of Belgium. And it's maybe not a silly thing. Maybe he, they should look at uh, at Caleb for, for uh, a spot in the Australian team for the Worlds. Mm. Uh, do you know the club? Jamie William wants to know which club in Australia did or does Ben O'Connor belong to? The clubs, their volunteers that bring these pro riders through rarely seem to get the credit they deserve. Well, I know he was from Frio, uh, but I'm not sure which club, but I'm sure that someone from West Australia would be watching this right now. Uh, maybe Maddie. <laughs> uh, and they will flick it through to us. But uh, Well, he had the I, same I coach as Cam Meyer, didn't he? Second, I think he was all linked into the... He had the same coach as Cam Meyer, didn't he? That developed yeah, all the yeah, young riders sure in WA. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I think anyway. I think Matt White's having technical difficulties, Ify, because uh, he was scheduled to come on at seven o'clock. Uh, I've shot through some messages, but obviously, if he's at the start or in one of those sort of congested villages, he might not have any service. And with that BlackBerry, no, he, he, he was. He, he said to me, 
I'm in the bus. I'll do it from the bus. But sometimes the bus gets held up in traffic, as you know, and has a lot yes. of trouble parking. And they probably haven't got any uh, um, Wi-Fi. So we might let him off here. Yeah. He probably hasn't yeah. spoke to him in, de- in, de- in depth uh, last night. So uh, yep. uh, so who, who's your tip for, for today, mate? All right. Jeez, uh, I'm going to go on a limb here. I'm going to say Cavendish. <laughs> I think Cavs going to win it. I think he's yeah. The the Wolfpack are, they know what they're doing. But well, I'd love to see. Like, imagine what. if imagine if Bling imagine if Bling pulled one out of the bag here, and you know there was a bit of a split in the crosswinds. The bike exchange guys were up the front. Um, you know who knows? And just to get that amount of points for the green jersey battle, it would be fantastic. And with a lot of those traditional oh, fast guys out of the race, he's a chance. Well. The Wheel Wizard uh, has given us some information there. And if the if the winds sideways are going to be, as he says, well, we could be in for a, well, a heck of a bike race. And if that's the case, splits, break it up the road. So I'm going to go out the limb and I'm going to go, Cav. <laughs> oh, hang on. Here's a smoky for you. Luca Mez gets Ian Thomas for the win tonight. If there is a split, he is fast. Um yeah. yeah. Why not? Yeah, it certainly is. Yeah. 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 All right. Well, that's been another massive show. As we said, thanks for getting behind the Correcta Foundation. They do amazing work. So we'll plug it again. Get on uh, to their website. Donate to the Peloton. Any amount. And you can also... the what Now, what's the conditions of the other prizes we've got for people that donate, John? I'll stay right out of this one. <laughs> so... We're, we've uh, our wonderful partners have uh, uh, Let's Go Motorhomes have uh, offered a uh, $500 voucher uh, as well as Bike Exchange, a $500 voucher, and uh, Michigan Wines because you have Jerry, um, a lovely box of. Well, he said he could Shiraz, but they can have select whatever they if they like a a, a nice Chardonnay or whatever. He, he will supply them whatever they want. So, lovely box yeah. of uh, Mitchelton wine um, for, for for whoever donates the most. But we're going to look at that. If, if, if the donations are up there, fantastic. If not, well, maybe we'll just be donating all of that directly to Correcca. We'll have a look at all of that. We mm. might adjust it on the run. Yeah, I mean, if if you're watching this and you know you've done well on you're early into Bitcoin or you know you've got some deep pockets, then it's karma. You donate, it's karma. Good things are going to happen. So uh, get behind it, uh, and also keep supporting the show. YouTube.com forward slash the Detour Podcast. Like, share, subscribe. We really appreciate all your comments. Um, and yeah, we'll be back again tomorrow at uh, six thirty Australian Eastern Standard Time. Ify. I'm going to be tight. I'm dropping the kids off at about 5.30, so I might have to record from your place. It'll be interesting. All good. All good. <laughs> we'll see how we go with the Wi-Fi. So <laughs> tune in tomorrow. Thanks again for all the support, and uh, we'll see you again soon. Bye. This is the winning ride of the Tour de France.